In this episode, we're going to talk about September. It's National Preparedness Month. Today, we're going to talk about what you shouldn't be doing. I'm going to take a little different take on this based on things are happening in the world you may or may not be aware of, especially here in America. But things you should not be doing, things that are going to make it difficult for you to grow your knowledge base, reach out, learn from people, get the information you need, especially on social media platforms and things that may not conspiracy based, logically based in some areas, make you a person of interest to people that should be looking for real persons of interest. It's just crazy what's going on, but I'll explain it to you. So National Preparedness Month, what should you not be doing? while preparing or being prepared for whatever it is. That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. Now to put it in perspective, for those that don't live here, not familiar with these terms, preparedness, prepping, or prepper, it's just being prepared. That's all it's for. You know, what do they say? Failing to prepare is preparation for failure often used in sports analogies and all kinds of situations. This is all it is. Just to give you an example, I grew up in a small town. Now, the fact that I grew up in a small town is actually relevant to the story because I could go to a mall or any big store, anything within 20 minutes. It wasn't that far, but it just happened to be a small town. We lived on about two acres and we had the tallest tree in the area, the tallest fir tree in the Pacific Northwest, not in the Northwest, but in my town, we had the tallest tree. So actually I could see where I lived from quite a ways away riding home on the school bus. I thought it was cool. Not relevant to the story, but tree's gone now. Makes me sad. We had an orchard. It wasn't like massive. It's, we had two, two or three little cherry trees that grew some cherries enough that you could eat them. Occasionally on some years we could get a couple hundred, 300 cherries off it. Not much. We had a couple pear trees. I don't know what kind of pears they were. We didn't use them much. They didn't always fruit. And we had some apple trees, most of which were Fuji apples, which were good for pies and, and desserts and applesauce and all that. And we'd give apples away. Based on the time period and my age, my parents canned. That's all they did. Every few years, we'd can some cherries that were essentially like pickled cherries, but they're sweet tasting. I remember liking those. My mom would make apple pies and then freeze some of them and we'd have them throughout the year and she would can applesauce. And sometimes she would give apples away or, or go to a market or something. Or when we traveled to Eastern Washington, she'd hit a roadside fruit stand and get some fruit or maybe a bunch of tomatoes and she'd can them and make tomato sauce. She'd can them in jars like some people do and throw them on the shelf. And it was just nice. It was, you save a little money on food. They were better tasting. We didn't even do it for health reasons. We did it because it tasted better than the stuff we got in stores. That was the main reason. We didn't grow animals. We didn't do any of that stuff. And the thing is where I lived, if bad weather came in where I lived, snow, we lived far enough out of town, but not that far that a few inches of snow would shut everything down because it wasn't a place that got weather like that. You know, it wasn't Michigan. So we weren't prepared for that stuff. And a lot of people didn't drive and it could be difficult to go get stuff at the store if it was real bad. And in those days, they didn't have the automatic scanners that just reorder stuff. They always had of non-perishables a week or two worth of stuff in the back. So you could like, Hey, you're out of captain crunch. You guys got him back there and they'd go get it for you. So it wasn't a huge thing. All's being prepared is, is picking a thing, no matter what it is that you think you need to be prepared for. Like, for example, you get kids to go to school, you do preparedness. You go buy school supplies and new clothes to prepare them to go to school. 
you're getting a new job, you might buy a new outfit, you might get a new briefcase, you might look at even relocating and might have to for that new job. When you move, there's things you do to prepare to move. That's all it is, is picking a thing. The subject we're talking about, those being prepared at home for those times when catastrophe strikes. And it strikes a lot. In fact, we've seen it this last week. If there's anybody in this country that's relooking their preparedness plans, they live somewhere between Louisiana and New York City where Ida curled through and went from smashing into the coast to causing flash floods in New York cities where subways are flooding, people drowned in basement apartments, people floating away in cars. They broke records that have never been broke before. They have records that there's no historical data on. They have to relook their entire plan on how to manage flooding in that city. It was just, it was insane, unheard of. But the hurricanes happen. And that's all being prepared is, is what are you going to do? Like a lot of people do preparedness based on, you know, something happens. There's a sinkhole, there's bad weather, something really bad. Power goes out everywhere for a few days. I want to make sure that I have food to feed my family. I want to make sure I have a generator so that I can run my refrigerator so the food don't spoil Usually that's what most people are doing or things like that. Some people like me, if I lived in a hurricane prone area that required evacuations every few years, while I would have regular preparedness things for just having a few weeks extra food, my entire preparedness plan would be an evacuation plan because every time I see where those hurricanes are and they start saying, yeah, you know, they typically say, like this time they said, it's going to hit the coast sometime on Sunday. They were saying that on Thursday or Friday. That's when I would have left if I was anywhere near that area before the mass migration. That's the latest I would have waited. But that's all preparedness is. People turn it into conspiracies and extremism. So what should you not be doing? Well, talking about it. That's what you should not be doing. Now I get it. There's going to be free speech. There's people going to hear some of this stuff, not realizing it's always existed or all this stuff about their rights or, well, they're not going to come to me. I'm going to do ABC. Those are the people that are not truly mentally prepared and are not going to make it when something bad happens or the ones like, I've sat through seven hurricanes and then they die. Like the old guy at Mount St. Helens. I'm not worried about it. He's dead. So what I mean by not talking about it, there's this group, one of the groups I'm on in Facebook, it's got a long name, but it has to do with canning and recipes. Long, detailed name. What I love about the group is, one, that's all they talk about. Two, they ignore all the conspiracy stuff or really, really try to. Three, everybody engages about learning and sharing knowledge and information like all those groups should be. And they're really good about it. Like one dude's like, um, you know, I bought this place and I had three apple trees and I realized it created more apples a year I could get rid of. And then I couldn't give them away fast enough. So I started learning how to can to make applesauce and people like my applesauce. And like, that's his whole story. And some people have been canning for years their whole life and they live on farms or have big ranches that are businesses and they talk about how they do it and they sell it or, well, you know, here's how I can this item, but you need to understand I live at this elevation. So you'd want to adjust it this way. So like some really knowledgeable people, really great stuff, no politics, no nothing. Well, Certain posts started getting flagged. Now, you know how they flag things and put up like um, fact check stuff? You know, or this is an extreme post. You know, you got to click. I'm over 18 to see it or whatever that is. Well, now they have ones that come up and say, do you know anybody that's too prepared? We're trying to combat extremism. And that's what it's about. And apparently it's starting to happen more and more and more. This is why I'm saying 
Don't talk about it. If you're going to go learn information, that's great. You should. There's nothing wrong with being in these groups and probably saying whatever you want within the rules. My suggestion is you treat it like anything else I talk about. Be smart about it. Be strategic in your conversations. We're well past time, especially in some areas where you have to consider where you are. Now, this is just a general statement. This is not fair or true to say for all locations, but in a general sense, in a more liberal area, more liberal community area that is away from situations like regular hurricanes tends to frown upon people have the idea of being a prepper or being prepared, even just having a month's worth of food or a couple weeks extra worth of food. People think they're crazy because of all the stuff they read on the news. Then there's the other environment where it doesn't matter where you live. If you go onto certain places like say Facebook or other social media group or YouTube and you talk too much about certain things, you can get flagged. Now I get it. There's all these arguments out there and it's a business and all, and I get all that. What I'm saying is there's no reason why you can't be smarter about it. Now you want to push the envelope to exercise your rights. All you're really doing is trying to get canceled to prove you're as cool as the other guy. But I'm just saying be smarter about it. So like this group that started having these posts, this is a group where people were having normal conversations. They weren't talking about prepping. They're just talking about canning food and how they do it and where they buy their stuff and why they like this method versus that method and how they do this type of tomato different than that tomato. And that's all they're doing. And those people are getting banned and canceled, which is the new cool thing to do that's probably going to go on for a while. So I'm just saying be strategic about it. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. I'll tell you what I would do and not do because there's people like on YouTube that do things talking about prepping. They might just be talking about canning. Some guys talk about all facets of prepping. Some guys talk about here I'm building this, I'm building a greenhouse and that's cool. And then some guys get a little more, they talk about their guns and they show all their guns in the background and they show where they store their guns in their house and they show how many guns they have and how much ammo they have, which is going to start drawing attention to law enforcement at some point. Or they talk about that new bunker, guys even showing pictures of where they live. That's the kind of thing you want to avoid. When you're preparing, it's a personal decision. And the thing is, it doesn't really matter why you're doing it. There are people out there that prepare like my parents did because unfortunately in their area, a few inches of snow shuts everything down. Like down here in the Southwest in Arizona in the right place, like where I live, a few inches of rain shuts everything down. That's all it takes. Some of these guys, that's all they're doing it for. Whereas other guys are preparing because they think an asteroid is going to hit the earth. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your reason is. It always starts the same way with the same basic principles and the same basic needs. So no matter what you're doing, no matter how you're trying to live, even if you just want to have a few extra canned food items or you want to have a few extra trash bags or you want to have a few extra batteries or you want to make sure you have a good lantern in case the power goes out in your apartment again, all those are forms of prepping. You're not building bunkers, but it falls under the umbrella. I'm just saying don't talk about it. That's all I'm saying. It's nobody's business. And unfortunately, we're getting to the point where the more people talk about things, the more attention it gets. And there's people out there that their entire purpose in life is just signing up to things on social media accounts and trying to get people's stuff canceled and they get some joy and dopamine out of it mainly because they live sad, pitiful lives. And while that might sound mean, it's generally, I think it's generally a true statement. Maybe not factual, but I think it's generally true. So all I'm saying is no matter what you're doing, make your decision, 
make a realistic plan. And even if it's the asteroid, even if it's a super volcano, start with the obvious stuff. What are things that have happened in your area? We've had a hurricane, we've had floods, we've had fires, we've had this, we've had that. Okay, these things are common. These things are more likely to happen again before the big apocalypse zombie event. So what have you learned from these things? Well, I've learned that one thing that always goes out of stock is this food item or this drink item that I like to have. Okay, then maybe those are things you should get more of. Or you say, well, I live in this part of California that always has fires. I live in this part of the Carolinas that gets regular hurricanes or this part of Florida or Louisiana. Okay, great. What happens? Well, I find that I have to leave <laughs> a lot or I have to do reinforcement to my property and my house to protect it. Great. So your prepping plan might be that you're in an area where the hurricanes hit, it can cause damage to your structure, but the overall impact in the area isn't enough to cause you to evacuate. So a lot of your prepping plan might be having the extra wood panels and nails and screws, whatever construction items and things that you need on hand to make sure you don't have to try to rush out and buy them like everybody else the next time a hurricane comes through. That might be your plan. Another person's plan might be, look, it only happens about every four or five years, but the only real thing was get a hurricane. When it happens, we have to evacuate. Well, your prepping plan should be around route planning, places you can go, places to get fuel, places to get lodging, how long you can travel for, prepaid credit cards in case your credit cards don't work, having a certain amount of cash and knowing what clothing and items and important documents you're going to leave with in case your entire property gets destroyed and having at least some food with you, which I've talked about in previous podcasts, that might be what your plan is. That doesn't mean you need to go advertise it. That doesn't mean you need to start a podcast or a YouTube channel about it. And if you do, look at how I do it. When I talk about it, I give very general concepts about how I do these things. Here's how I would do it. Here's how I would plan it. I'm not telling you that's what I've done or I've told you what I've done in the past. I don't tell you what I'm doing now. You don't know how much stuff I have in my house. You don't know if when I talk about you could use storage units if I even have any anymore or when I tell you I don't have any more, if that's even true. You don't know that stuff. Why? Because it's none of your business. And it's not important to the teaching point, which is why if you started a YouTube channel tomorrow and went on your preparedness journey and was learning things and sharing with everybody and that would be great and you enjoy doing it, that doesn't mean you need to do a shot of your pantry. Now, if you're doing a video on organizing your pantry, and that's what you want to show people, show people. Just get rid of a bunch of stuff. Keep it simple. Make it minimalistic. Get the point across. They don't need all that extra stuff. I'm just saying be smarter. Think strategically. You want to get upset about the politics of it? Totally get it. Of course, you should probably go do something about it and complain to somebody. But that doesn't mean you should participate in the same things that get people burned, banned, or canceled. The other thing, too, is making sure that there isn't really a point in advertising a lot of this stuff to friends and family necessarily unless it's really pertinent to what you're doing you know it's like if i lived near my family and let's say i had a boatload of food right like whatever amount you can think of i had all this stuff and nobody knows about it if i had family living there i wouldn't invite them over and give them a grocery bag and tell them to go shopping to see what i had i would find out are you guys able to get to the store? Is everything okay? Do you have power? What kind of stuff do you need? Oh, I have an extra lantern I can give you because I have a generator. You don't. I'll get you a lantern and a couple flashlights and I'll bring you over a few other items and I would put a box together and bring it to them because they don't need to see what I have. 
And that sound in the background is my warning dog letting me know that her package has arrived. So my suggestion is, is no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter to what level you're trying to get the extra things that you know you're probably going to need in certain situations, the only thing to add to your toolbox toolkit, whatever cool phrase you want to use is, what about what you're doing is really anybody else's business? It's not about whether or not you trust them. It's just how much of it do they really need to know? Think about it like any other information. Extra things that you have, no matter what category they fall in, they doesn't have to be prepping. You could be a craft person that makes gift cards and has the most badass craft room that looks like a Michael's gift store full of stamps and paint and card stock and glitter and all this other cool shit. And people are always wanting to get things from you. You know, what about that guy who has that big garage for of all the tools he's collected over years and the neighbor borrows it and he never gives it back? The reason people come to you for whatever thing it is you have is because they know you have it because you advertise it or allow them to see it. Now, some things may be unavoidable. You know, you got the clean garage, the doors open, the weather's nice. That's probably going to happen for a lot of people. But there's other areas where they don't necessarily need to know those things or where they say, well, how much of this do you have? Why? That's my question. You know, well, I need A, B and C. Go buy A, B and C. You know, what do you, well, I can see if I have some extra and I never give people the amount they really want to make them think that whatever you give them, that you're always going to have more. And that's if I even choose to give it to them. And I'm not saying be a jerk. I'm just saying be strategic about it. Think it through. If you have extras of something that are important to your livelihood, they're important to your business. Maybe they're just important to have the extra food for your family, whatever the category is. I would classify that in the same area as my social security number, my credit card number and expiration date, my bank account number in the combination to my safes. If I'm not going to share those informations, then I don't need to share my inventory or how I'm acquiring it, what I'm doing, unless I'm a teacher. But even if I'm a teacher, I do it the same way I talk about things on here where you have no idea what I got, but I'm still teaching you the basic principles. So for national preparedness month, the thing to think about is, Whatever you're doing, however you're doing it, wherever you're learning it, just think about what you're there for and how much of your own personal information you really need to share. Because sharing how much extra you have and how you're storing it, how much there is, especially when they're high profile items that get attentions like firearms and ammo, the question you ask yourself, is that really important to what I'm doing here? If I'm here to learn about canning, I don't think I need to have this conversation. And just remember, I told you about a website that talks about recipes and cannings and literally nothing else. And they're flagging them now saying, do you know somebody that's too prepared as though that's a, a thing or there's a definition of it? And we're trying to combat extremism. So apparently it's now floating in the business world going beyond what was a conspiracy theory has now become reality, at least in the social media circles, that extremism is falling for who's too prepared. If you like this episode, don't forget us a like, share, heart, whatever your platform is using, and make sure you let people know you think will enjoy this material. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're at. And don't forget to check out the show notes and check out dmrpublications.com. And we will be back again shortly with more information right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.